0: so before we got on air and i made sure to ask you this when we were on air you said you were putting a costume on and going to a fair
1: the Renaissance Festival, uh-huh. yes, tomorrow.
0: Okay, so talk to me about that for a second.
1: About my costume or the Renaissance Festival?
0: I mean, a little of both. Okay. What are you like? Give it. Give me the deets here.
1: <laughs> okay, so I go with my like gaming. Group. That was going to
0: be one of my questions. Is this like a game thing?
1: Well, I mean, it, no, we're not like LARPing right at the festival, but like the the. The friends that I have that do role-playing games and the friends that I have that um, have costumes and go to the Renaissance Festival, like in a Venn diagram, it's a Probably circle. Probably some overlap it's there. No it's, a, <laughs> no, it's just a circle. Um, sure. Yeah, so my... Uh, so, so my friends Trent and B are going in their Viking garb. Uh-huh, Perfect. Um Yep, I have... <clears throat> I had kind of like... Sort of Viking-esque dress, but I actually lent it to another friend of mine. Uh, so um.
0: there is a whole like corner of your life that, when you describe it, it is just <laughs> completely like I can't even like picture it. Yeah. Like, it's very difficult for me. Well, it episode. looks
1: like I'm dressed up and at a Renaissance festival. Yeah. That's what it looks sure.
0: like. Sure. So what? Well, yeah. tell me about the costume. For so my particular.
1: costume, it's a, it's a dress. And up until last week, I was, and I haven't worn it since last year, I was 100% convinced that it was red. Like, that it had, like, a white... Like under uh-huh. thing, uh-huh. and then it was kind of like a, 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 a red dress, and it, you know, it had like lacing and kind of a corset thing at the top. Yeah. um, I was 100% convinced that it was like crimson. Uh-huh. Turns out it's green. What?
0: Um, we were doing a what color is the dress thing with your own dress?
1: Yes. Yes, wow. I was. It's, wow. It's very green. Like it is like Christmas green.
0: How does. I'm not going to ask how that happened. That's like a whole other rally. I don't know. But, I
1: don't know. So
0: you're wearing a so I'm green wearing, slash red right. dress. Right. And
1: then I'm borrowing um, some jewelry from my friends, and they are braiding my hair because I can't braid my hair. Um, and I'm wearing a big leather belt and boots. Mm-hmm. And then I've got like, and, and specifically, we had sort of the Renfest Fest was floating. So it was either going to be last weekend or this weekend. Mm-hmm and it ended up being this coming weekend because the weather is going to be very cool and it's like fun to walk around and like you know yeah. your things when it's cool yeah. and i have this like faux fur like half cape thing oh, wow. that i'm also borrowing so so, what,
0: so all added up yeah what is the costume like what are you going as
1: somebody From actually it's more medieval. So like the thing about the Renfest is like it's not actually about like the Renaissance era. It's like vaguely medieval and you walk around in this in these kind of permanent fairgrounds and like there's you know wood chips on the ground and you know you start drinking at nine thirty in the morning and you know, you can get soup in a bread bowl and a big turkey leg and you can watch people joust and like, you know, buy a drinking horn. Um, <laughs> Sounds great Sounds yeah. great so far Yeah, so yeah. I, I like to keep my money in a leather pouch uh, Tied around my waist <laughs> that I normally use for my dice uh, mm-hmm. It's a good, it's a, it's a fun day You Sounds know, like you walk day. around yeah. um, When I was a kid at the Run Fest The people who worked there Like their big thing when you entered the gates Is that they would like insult you Mm. They would talk about what you're wearing or they would talk, you know, like, how Mm -hmm. you know, what color your hair is, if you're tall, like blah, blah, blah. Not like in a mean spirited (laughs) way, but in like a this is like, this is funny. Right. And I don't think they're allowed to really do that anymore because now they're like, good morning, Uh, uh, which is a little bit of a bummer.
0: Cancel culture strikes again, (laughs) folks.
1: (laughs) No, but it'll be it'll be quite fun. There's usually, you know, some busty women walking around with snakes Gotta love that. Um, I get to pet some goats, probably, yeah. which I really enjoy. Goats are my fave. I okay. don't think you knew that about me. I didn't.
0: Every every time we talk about something like this, a new detail emerges <laughs> about you.
1: I'm a deep and endless ocean. Yeah,
0: clearly. Clearly. A deep
1: and endless ocean. Yeah. So I'm I'm going to get, like, all I know about tomorrow is that I'll be drinking beer. I always think I want to have mead, but it turns out I don't really like mead. Yeah.
0: Why? Why not just go with what you know? You know. Yeah,
1: and then I'll be eating some sort of soup in a bread bowl because uh-huh. it'll be like sixty degrees. Yeah, perfect. Um, and that's about it.
0: Wow. Yeah. Well, on that note, we should probably like start this episode, <laughs> huh? so let's just say welcome to this episode of Print Run. My name is Eric Kane. Uh, with me, as always, is. What would your what's your uh, what would your like alter ego name be? I
1: don't have an I don't have a Renfest alter ego. You don't? God, no, God, God, I
0: would. Uh, anyway, what, wait, uh, with wait, me wait, as wait, wait. wait a Laura. minute. <laughs> Say hello, Laura. Hello,
1: Laura. Can we put a pause <laughs> in that and talk about what your alter ego would be?
0: I don't know. I just feel like if I was putting on a costume, I and, feel like, like
1: you would lean more towards like the jester sort of what thing. No. No, I'm well, offended. You've I would, got very like, I don't know, I can picture you in like tights and like, wow, like pantaloons. This is the most <laughs> you've got great I'm stems. No, no, light. no. You've got great stems. Um
0: I would I feel instead I would be, you know, a really awesome looking warrior. But I guess mm. that's, you know, I guess it's, you know, we all just sort of picture ourselves a certain way. Um, though <laughs> this is like one of those uh questions of like if you were in whatever other alternate historical (laughs) society, what would you be? And like the answer is almost always like guy dying in the gutter of like Dip theory (laughs) Yeah my answer
1: My answer to that Like always the questions Of like if you were You know in medieval times Like what would you die of And it would be like Or like what would you be And it would be like I'd be dead already Like Like I'm in my 30s I'm a woman I would be dead From childbirth already Like that's the answer
0: (laughs) Anyway Do we have a rundown today It's kind of an interesting Different episode
1: Yeah let's Let's actually skip The rundown For a second And let me Let me just kind of Lead us in to uh, the the situation. So, if. You haven't been following Eric very closely. And why would you? On Twitter. Why would you?
0: Unfollow me today. <laughs> There's no reason. Um, There's nothing for you here.
1: You might not know that he is about to have his first child.
0: Yay.
1: Um, so he's due in probably like exactly a week, close like a, to a week.
0: Like eight days. Yeah. Eight days.
1: Yeah. Um, we have a feeling it's going to happen any moment it's now, imminent. it's very imminent. Yeah. Um, and so as as we're kind of transitioning out of Bookbird Summer and into like Eric going on into Hot
0: Dad Autumn, Hot Dad. Well, <laughs> you've
1: got new glasses and everything. It's like very good. Mm. Um, Eric has these new tortoiseshell glasses that like bring out the the red in his blonde mm-hmm. hair, and it's very mm-hmm. nice. Um,
0: all the better to dress up like a jester or whatever. <laughs>
1: It was a compliment about your legs. Uh-huh, okay. Just take the compliment. I'll take it. Great. Continue. Um So, we're we're kind of both of us are working to figure out what this means for our work and what it means for Eric specifically because this is Headwaters first child, the dogs don't count. Um And so I wanted to, and you wanted, we collectively wanted to use this episode to talk about something that you and I have been kind of working through Mm -hmm. for several months now, but is Mm -hmm. now very um, at the forefront of our minds, which is that sense that your life and career are over.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's done, folks. I'm wrapping it up. No. um... (laughs) I mean, basically... You know, we're sort of laughing because obviously my life and career are not over. In fact, in many ways, they are just beginning and becoming much more joyful. All the wonderful things that come with suddenly having a child. Right. But like it is interesting how that at various points over the last nine months, that has sort of felt like the prevailing emotion that has needed engaging with, um, which is like, you know, when you're in publishing or, and this probably applies to any number of other fields too. But like in our field, like so, everything is so f- intense and fast paced as mm-hmm. you're kind of trying to find your way in publishing, right? Like, there's not really set paths, and so you just sort sort of like you start doing stuff, right? And you take, okay, this opportunity will get me this next thing and this and that, and like book by book, and you're just like you trying, right? Yeah. You're just trying to like fight and scrap and do all these things to get to. Wherever it is you want to go, and that can often involve, it involves job changes, it involves role changes, it involves moving cities. I mean, even just like, I don't know, I, I have moved a bunch of times, or I guess twice now for you know publishing. I moved to New York, uh, worked there for a while. I've now moved here, you know, from New York for publishing. You know, like all these different things, like all of which is to say you yourself are plenty to deal with in like figuring out how you exist in the book world right and we've talked plenty on this show about like um how like you know it's tough to even get the opportunity to do agenting mm-hmm. work because you you know it doesn't pay a super ton right away like you do have to kind of build up a list you do have to do other work and i've done that for years, too. I mean, I've done a ton of freelance editing. I've done the two jobs thing, you know, like so, all of us have, you know, like that's just how it goes. And so to look at all that and have to gone through and to have gone through all of that and then kind of be at a point where all of a sudden you're having a baby.
1: Yep. It's like, coming. You're going on leave. That's You have to <coughs> relinquish all of your work. That's, you have to take a break. <laughs>
0: You're going to, like, send me into a panic attack on air. (laughs) Um, It feels, when you first start to conceptualize it, at least for me, and I'm always interested, like, the other day I sort of put this question out there, like, how others in the arts have dealt with it. I got some really cool answers. But, like, um, it feels completely unworkable. You know what I mean? Like, it's, and I've always wanted, you know, a child. Like, this is something, you know, we wanted and planned for, my wife and I, and all these sorts of things. But, like... It's tough sometimes at first to understand how does this relate to a book career that has otherwise taken up all my time and has been difficult in all the ways that working in books is, um, all these sorts of things. And so, yes, the feeling is, well, I'm done. (laughs) Like, it's over. Like, I'm never, I'm not going to be able to, you know, do all of the many extra things that you feel you sort of subsist on when you're working in this field, like, it's there's just not going to be enough hours in the day to do the job in the manner that I want to and, and
1: i it's think it's even gotten to some point where there's been pushback i guess about the idea of going fully on leave oh, yeah, because no, if that... you go fully on <laughs> leave yeah then then you're gone and when you come back you have to start completely over again
0: which again is not like
1: it's not true mostly like... what
0: the, mostly what these 9 months have like consisted of in terms of thinking about my work is unpacking all of the things I believe that are simply not true, right? Like deconstructing various myths about work-life balance, about, you know, parents, you know, working, all these sorts of things. And it's, I don't know, it's been really eye-opening and it's been really, um, you know, difficult but energizing in its own way because um, obviously lots and lots and lots of people have really fantastic careers and have this is not a new problem right like i'm like have you guys heard about this like having a child (laughs) and trying to work has anyone ever tried that before like of course this is something that people have put decades and decades longer than that you know into you know thinking about especially in publishing right like it's but it's been interesting to try to start to engage with that stuff and realize that on the other end of this You know, like when I'm not dealing with a, um, you know, a brand new newborn, right? Like someone, you know, like a child who can you know, sleep through the night or, you know, when there's actually like hours in the day to do something other than, you know, deal with a baby, like life is going to resume, you know, and it's going to be different, but it's going to be like, I'm going to have these things still too. And this has been something I've thought a lot about too, in terms of my writing life as well right like I I feel like I spent a lot of this summer really terrified about oh no you haven't you know published your great American novel by the time you were a dad like it's over for you pal and that's let's
1: let's pause for a minute (laughs) on your writing because I feel like um and and you know I do want to I do want to talk about the 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 day to day job stuff and the agent yeah. stuff and whatever, but I, I feel like the writing kind of cuts to the heart of yeah. these insecure, like yeah, the, the insecurities in the nine months. Yeah, it so, does. so just to do a quick recap, you finished your novel last year. Uh-huh. You sent it out to query because you uh-huh. can't represent your own novel because that would be terrible, right? Um And you got some really good feedback, and then you undertook a very large revision.
0: I undertook a revision that at first didn't feel very large, but now...
1: You're cutting out an entire POV point. Right, but that didn't feel,
0: <laughs> <laughs> That didn't feel... So, not that we're going to talk about my book on this show, um, but, yeah, no, it was a book with uh, three POVs. I am removing one of them. And at first that felt very simple, right, where it's like, okay, you just take some of it out, kind of smooth over the edges, and that is very much not what it is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Turns out...
0: It's much more difficult than that. Local
1: writer finds out that revising is actually more intense than they thought.
0: So, you know, doing that work has been has taken more time than I thought. And it's been difficult. It's been really good. I think the book's getting better. All the things, right, that come with revising. But the intention
1: and the goal was that you would be done with your revisions by the time the baby came.
0: God, I am... I love making plans like that where it's (laughs) like, oh, I will simply finish this... Completely unwieldy creative project in the next three months, just in time for I'll hit send and yeah. then take my you know crying baby, and it'll all be perfect.
1: So, so let <laughs> let's interrogate first of all like that plan, yeah, right? Right. Um. So the idea is that you would finish revising it, but then you would go on leave, so then nothing would happen with the book. Mm-hmm. Um. And I remember several conversations that we've been having, which is, you know, if. I, you know, I don't I don't want to lose momentum on it. I don't want to take a break on it because then I'm losing time and I've already been yeah. working on this book for several years.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. So so talk to me about like the unworking of the the conceptions and the and like I guess the creative insecurities there that you've been working through.
0: Well, I think for me it's been, and I think a lot of this maps onto agenting as well. Like it's sort of parallel tracks because a lot of it is the same concerns and people and thinking and all that kind of stuff. But like, you know, I spent, um, I've spent a long time working on this book. Like anyone who's serious about writing a book does. Um, and that has involved, yeah, there's opportunity costs to that, right? Like when I am working away on this novel, it means I'm not trying to. At least for this, me this is what it has meant for me. I understand others maybe do it differently, but like, it's meant not pitching a bunch of other short form work. It's meant not doing a bunch of short fiction in a way that I used to. It's it's this when I sit down to write with the hours in the day or the time in the day that I have to do. This is what I've been working on. Right, like this is where the progress has been made. And so to hit a point where like, you sort of have this kind of scary moment where you're like, well, what do you have to show for it? And the answer is, you know, the the scary version, the version that isn't true, but the version you can start to kind of tell yourself is, well, you have nothing.
1: Because you haven't published any short fiction because you've been busy with this Well, not in many years
0: I haven't because I've been doing this, you know. And, like, it's, you know, there was a while where I was writing, you know, short stories and sending them out and magazines were taking them and all this. And that was really fun in its own way. And I was like, all right time to write the novel, right? Cause i got <laughs> and then all of that like external feedback and like response went away cuz i like wasn't talking to anyone anymore, you know? Like but i don't know. It, you sort of hit a point where it's like, "Oh, now this life is about to radically change." And all of these little goals you had the thought you were, you know, all these things you'd come to define yourself by, right? Like cuz like, when you work on something for that long, you can sort of come to like see it as synonymous with like your own merit and who you are and all these sorts of things right like you can become really close to the work i mean any writer will tell you this like it's and whether or not you think it's good or not often maps on to whether or not you think yourself is good or not you know on a given day and like so to kind of hit that point where okay well you're going to have to set basically everything down for the next few months to go all in on you know raising a newborn
1: So not only are you not going all in on a big creative project, but you're not doing anything creative. Right.
0: Like, and I do want to set just for the record, like, as a backdrop here, I am thrilled about parenting. You know what I mean? Like, I cannot wait for this. I'm really excited. We this is something I've always wanted, like, which is kind of going to be kind of a theme we get to in a minute. But like, it's, you know, speaking specifically about these concerns. Yeah, there's a lot of anxiety where it's like, man. This stuff is just going away, and I think where I've sort of gotten to is that anytime in publishing and writing or anything where you start to feel artificially rushed, you something probably needs recalibrating, right? Because that's just not—I mean, obviously, deadlines and stuff are good, but like if you're feeling like you're setting benchmarks for yourself that simply don't match to your life, like. It doesn't mean that you are bad, you know? It doesn't mean that you're, like, failing as a writer. It just means that your path is a little bit different, right? And my, I think maybe that's what it is. It's like, you know, the timeline, you know, for writing, it's, it's extended a little bit. And I think that's fine. Like, I mean, I even heard, you know, like, the other day I, like, put a question out on Twitter. I was like, those of you with fabulous writing careers or publishing careers, how do you... And, and children. Like, how in the world do you do it? You know, like, I would love some wisdom, please. And...
1: Yeah, so what did they say?
0: Well, I mean, people had really good answers. I mean, mostly what they said is they they got really good at, um, you know, suddenly they, they stopped wasting time, right? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I mean, the kind of that old axiom, like, if you want something done, give it to a busy person, you know? Like, I've never heard yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they're the people who actually will figure out how to get it done because they've got a bunch of other stuff they also have to do you know and like it you know that was really you know things like that about you know well you have to be good at using the time you have you know maybe working in smaller intervals is something that um, I also really specifically found useful because I'm someone who thinks and this isn't true but who you know I can't write unless I've got you know the free hour and a half or whatever you know what I mean like you have to kind of be able to do it in smaller chunks every now and then you have to be able to get your brain into that space in and out faster and it's like that's the kind of thing I'm not thinking about you know and I don't know like one writer um, what novelist Aaron Somers um, who I respect and think is a great poster of two and all these things (laughs) but like you know she, she replied and she said that she hadn't she didn't even start her book until after she had a child and she's, like, you know, successful and interesting and has a career that I really respect and all these things. And, like, it was just, like, so comforting to, like, hear from these people. And, like, I don't know. It was it was really good. Like, and I think that that's where I'm trying to, like, get my head is, like, trying to get away from sort of the this, you know. So we and I would be the first person to critique a certain facet of young people in publishing um, people can feel a little strivey. Do you know what I mean? Like, No. Every... <laughs> <laughs> I well, don't. <laughs> well, what I, what I mean is that it's just there's a certain careerist streak in young people and it's not a necessarily a, a bad thing Like, but like everyone is like constantly making moves trying to do the next thing trying to climb this ever like narrowing ladder that exists mm-hmm. in publishing right? Like and it can be all-consuming. It can make you feel, like, cutthroat and ambitious. It can make you feel like, you know, you're just, like, trying to do whatever. And I say all this because I have spent large portions of my career feeling that way, right? Yeah. Like, okay, here's, you know, checking the job listings, you know, at various houses every single morning seeing the opening come up and making sure you're the first app in so that you can you know and send in the network you know doing all of the shit right (laughs) and trying to like you know oh there's a industry happy hour and i went to one the last three nights but this one is going to have x person there so i gotta go all that kind of bullshit right yeah, and, and it's
1: underpinned by, like, quite a bit of ageism and that yeah, idea oh yeah. where, you, uh, and, and yeah. you know, like, yeah. if you get back to the, you know, the livable wage thing, it's like you can only live off ramen
0: Yeah, before,
1: yeah. You get in your 20s, right? And, At some point, your body starts falling apart.
0: And this feels like the moment where, I mean, one, you know, we're in different places in our career now, right? Like, I mean, you and I are, you know, we're not the two most famous, you know, literary agents in the whole world, but we are, you know, we have our little setup, you know what I mean? We're established, people like we do the work we want to do, you know. And
1: I wanna talk about that for a second. So we're two years in, right, to us to having Headwater, yeah. To to Headwater having our own agency. And I would say we we planned the agency before we launched it yeah, we for did. well over a year. Yeah um probably about a year and a half yeah. we were actively working and planning on it yeah um and i i think that stridiness that you were talking about is something that you and i have had to confront often in the the work that we're doing especially yeah. in the last 9 months because there's this like on one hand we were like we're going to start this boutique agency so we can kind of like redefine where our focus is yeah. as agents yeah. and we can keep it on development and author development specifically right. um, and we can work on our own timelines and so the intention was to divest ourselves from. a lot from that like kill to eat sort of like hustle 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 Absolutely. sort of agent thing Absolutely. because that's not the type of books that we necessarily want to work on.
0: Nor is it the type of, I think, looking forward from that point. Right. Even, like, it was not the kind of lives so we wanted, right. you know? Yeah.
1: At, but at the same time, what happened when um, there was a baby on the horizon, it was... Well, the agency's still in its infancy, we're still trying to work stuff out. If I leave now, then, you know, things will stop or slow down and I feel like we're just getting started. Mm-hmm. And the thing that we've constantly been like reminding ourselves of, mm-hmm. um, because uh, I also had to go on an unexpected leave yeah. Yeah. Uh, early this year for less fun reasons. Yeah. Um, but the thing that, like, I think you and I have both been struggling with is this is not, like, a, a medium to which we have to pour all of our, like, growth mindset and and, mm-hmm. and and effort and all of that. Like, what we've done is we've created a space that we can grow into that we can grow with yes and so the thing the thing i think that you and i have returned to because we'll both have been on leave this year is like this this is not like this this job this business etc this is not something that our life gets in the way of this is a part of our life yeah
0: and that I think that's really profound, and it's definitely how I've started to kind of think about um, in relation to, like, personal writing as well, too, because, you know, we had a conversation. You can go listen to it on uh, Patreon right now with uh, Zabay Eller, and, you know, he was talking about, you know, refilling the well, right? And it got me really thinking about, like, what do you do when, like, your creative juice is are totally low. And the answer I've sort of come to is to just return to where things come from in the first place. Like you can't like theoretically at least at least for me and I, I'm careful to speak only for myself cuz each writer has their own reasons for doing whatever it is they're doing, like but writing comes from life in some way, right? Like you live and that living instill some sort of feeling in you or you you know or something occurs to you or whatever and you go and you try to express that or work through it on the page in some way and it's like the point is that i think at some point lots of these things they sort of get flipped right where it's like in order to live i have to do x y and z whereas instead it's in order to write in the way that i want to in a sustainable way for the rest of my life on a long timeline where i'm writing lots of books over decades like you have to first pay attention to where that stuff comes from which is like setting yourself up in a life that is that you're not like putting all this sort of weird artificial pressure on you know like one that at least, you know, that you can control. I mean, obviously life has millions and millions of pressures from various points that come from places you can't just turn off, you know. But, like, from yourself, right, you have to be willing to work with the, the, the grain and the current of your life in order to make these things work. And so, like, I like to think that through all this, thinking about it, and I'm sure even more so when the thing actually happens, like, I'm hoping that, like, patience and consistency – even when it's not the same amount of pure hours are is something that could really, you know, change who I am as both a writer, a worker, an agent, all these different things, right? Because, I don't know, I look at stuff right now, and I'm sure any, you know, especially people who don't have, like, children yet or, um, you know, anyone kind of getting their start, like... You got this all this time, right? And you go and it's like, "Okay, I'm going to spend 15 minutes looking at tweets and then I'm going to, you know, do this and that." And it's like you have all this time and even when you have it, you don't necessarily use it as well as you could. And I'm just thinking that or I'm hopefully going to be very mindful about adding in this complexity and using it as a means of kind of filtering out the things that don't matter as much as a way of like refocusing and perhaps even becoming more devoted to the things that do matter to me, you know?
1: Yeah. I I feel like we've been dancing around this, this like overall thesis or kind of identifying the, the, the core of these Insecurities that we're going through on kind of our like sure. on air therapy sure. session, um, <laughs> but it, I mean, I feel like it's important to have the conversation about all of this because I feel like every single person in publishing or writer or creative in any way yeah. is feeling a version of this, and yeah. I think that we've had the privilege to yeah. be in a position where where you know we have a we have a deadline, like yeah. the baby is coming, yeah, um, and we we have a platform to really analyze and talk about it, but. I think all of this kind of comes down to this overarching cultural idea that art cannot or should not be just a part of a regular life. Like, when you think about an artist, right? Like when you think about an artist you think about the person who lives and breathes it you think about the, yeah. the painter that lives in the, the loft and like only does art and artsy things or you think about the, the writer who's miserable and it all yes. feeds into the art yes. and they like kind of self destruct. and there's this sense I think on some level that first of all like art doesn't necessarily fulfill you but it takes away Right. Yeah, that's really Um, that that I think. And that's bullshit, first of all, like like nobody would do art if it sucks. Um, And so there's there's this idea, even in the way that we talk about the time you have to do the art or like how you how you fit your art around your life, that automatically pulls it apart from all of the other elements Mm -hmm. like for you like we work in the arts right so it's like it's our job but you're also a writer and it's like there's I think even in the way that we've talked about it and like when we talk you know in the morning like what is on your on your plate for today like what are we doing Yep. it's you know if I get my stuff done I think I'll write for a few hours right and it's like we own our own goddamn business (laughs) like like you can just plan you just into your it. week. I know.
0: It's... And, it's,
1: and it's not – and I think that's kind of a, a problem that a lot of people have. And I think it's – it becomes – and not to say that, like, it's just a mind shift thing. And it is also, like, a problem of resources and capitalism. Like, if you have, you know, a spouse and, you know, it's it's – one thing to, like, plan it into your day, but it's another to have, like, the people around you necessarily, like, understand it or respect yeah, it. Yeah. Because it also involves them sort yeah. of having to, you know, confront their own ideologies about, like, how art should and can fit into somebody's life. Mm-hmm. There's this idea that after everybody goes to bed, you go to your right, computer right, and right. you type away, type away, and that you wrote things in snatches and you just stole the time. Yeah, But, like, yeah. what if you were just, like... I'm going to write a book this year. And you're like, I am setting this thing and it's not an extra thing. And it's not a, yeah. you know, it's, it's yeah. not superfluous. It's not going to be taking away from anything. It's just an activity. And I think on some level, yeah. I feel like people are really hungry for that mindset to shift. Because if you look at like it, particularly in Like with the pandemic, I am like my targeted ads are all about like stress reducing artistic endeavors. (laughs) It's like do a paint by numbers, like do a cross stitch, do a puzzle, do like a coloring book. And there and I think we're also, you know, I think that's a good first step, which is art can step in and influence and like influence your mood and make you happy and can reduce stress. But then there's that idea. Well, well that's just like easy and simple and it's not serious. And I think that when the transition is to serious art, like whatever that means for you, um, then I think we're still having to fight that, that like cultural and inner idea of how it works with your life.
0: So, I love all of that. I think it's a really good distillation of so many things that not only <laughs> I've been thinking about, but so many other people are thinking about right now. And um, it makes me think. I don't know if we've brought this up on this show before. As like a, st- it's not like that weighty of a thing. So I don't know why we would have. But like, I've sort of gotten into this like other art habit. Um, I've started drawing.
1: You're drawing birds.
0: I'm drawing birds, which sounds as low stakes and superfluous as it is. As it like it is that that way and that's like the point like when i've like started doing this thing where like i eat...
1: actually love it when you text me what bird you've found that day like it is <laughs> well, one of my favorite things
0: well i i've sort of it's been sort of a weird exercise because the first thing like i wanted to do it because i needed any sort of basic creative outlet that I just didn't care about it all. Low pressure. That was the key. Like, to bring nothing to it, to bring no expectation, no bit of self-image, no sense of stakes, none of that. Just set that aside and just let yourself for one hour feel, like, engaged and creative doing something that you don't really worry about its quality. Or Because, like, I'm not, like, I'm not, like, an artist by any means. Like, this is the first things I've ever drawn. Like, I'm not good. But, like, the point is it's been, like, really weirdly illuminating
1: has it changed how you've been approaching your writing
0: yeah i mean it's definitely like the mind because the mindset for like i'll find myself you know drawing in like 45 minutes an hour will go by and i'll sort of look up and realize wow i haven't had the urge to like check my phone or get up and go to the bathroom or you know refill like because you can actually engage with it because it's not like this anxiety inducing exercise (laughs) like writing sometimes is, you know, and like it's, so I've been using it, I think as a means of just trying to separate out some of those feelings from the act of trying, of working through, you know, an an artistic project.
1: So just, and I'm not in your head, but just, (laughs) just, I don't know if you guys knew that, Uh, but just from our conversations about like work and art since you started drawing um, you haven't talked about your book as something with a finite deadline in the same way like I feel like you've perhaps let the go like I have to be done with my revisions before the baby comes
0: yeah I mean I think is
1: that because of the drawing
0: that might be part of it the other part of it is like at some point over the summer it just occurred to me that this was not going to happen you know like by the (laughs) time I wanted like and not because it wasn't going well in fact like At least for me, like, so much writing just, like, begets more writing, you Mm -hmm. know? And, like, I start, you know, you pick at a thread in a book, and, like, I think what I found, you know, in... So this is basically, we can have, like, a two-minute craft discussion here, (laughs) like, in revising. So I'm cutting this POV, right? And in doing so, what I'm finding is that the actual center of gravity in the story is radically changing, right you know because it's no longer about like this character right like she's not the the character is a woman like she's not a load-bearing character anymore in the same way and so like many of the books central concerns many of the books like the key bits you know it sort of shifts onto you know into other spaces into other parts of the story and that basically means that like all of the existing chapters are also needing to be different you know mm-hmm. because
1: they need to shift their focus need to a little do, bit they to need to do a little
0: for, bit more yeah. or they need to do something different or certain things now need to be fleshed out because there's less like i love like and I, I think i've tweeted this jokingly before but i if i could like put everything that happens in a book off the page i would do it <laughs> You know, like I love when you can like reading, when you can tell something's happening off screen and you're like, like, and that's how I like to write. And so when you, when you shift perspectives less, there's less, there's less that you're away from, you Mm. know? And so lots of the little bits of implication and things, it's like, well, now actually you're staring that in the face and it is going to have to be on the page and you're going to have to figure out how to like, depict this thing that was maybe feeling a little bit slippery and was better left implied but now can't be and I don't know the point is that cutting the the amount that I've cut is radically changing the physics of the book in a way that to be clear if I were like a sane person who was like you know had a healthy relationship to his work I would find, real, <laughs> I would find really fascinating and interesting and a really, I would
1: say you do find it that and, way you also just are neurotic and about I
0: find it. a really it's a really cool like opportunity to like Think about how stories are made, and um, like I've, lo- and I love what it, like the revisions are going well. They're just going to take way longer. And I'm also like you know now working on this other thing. You know, I mean you know how it goes, but like the point is this was not the cut and dry four month task I thought it was. This is a um, a bigger deal, and that's fine. But it does mean I've had to sort of revise my understanding of myself as this soon to be debut novelist, and more into. You know, just work, you know, just steady work, right? You know, still doing the thing, trying to get the thing done, all that. And I'm starting to come to to peace with that, you know, a little bit more.
1: And I think part of of all of that that the baby has also made eminently clear um, is I think both you and I and probably every other agent or editor or publicist or anything – Like there is there is this sense, you know, you get into this business because you love books. Um, A lot of us are also writers. A lot of us have creative aspirations in a lot of ways um, that are that relate back to books that happen on a personal level rather than just a professional level. And like I know for me and for you, kind of the underlying, I guess, I guess the underpinning of a lot of the frustration about the book and the revisions and and kind of all of that other work is that there's this idea that your work shouldn't be like artistically rigorous because it's your job and because your art is different than that. Like that's where your your mind should go. But the thing is, is like. Our job is artistically rigorous, even if we're not writing the books. Yeah. Right. Like, we're we're thinking about story. We're coming up with, you know, plot yeah. hole like yeah. like solutions to plot holes. We're we're thinking about lines and we're editing them and we're doing a lot of writing on our own. Yeah. Um. Just for the job. Yeah. And I think there's there's always this moment of reckoning and this moment of frustration where. You get into this business because you want to work on books and then it becomes time to do your own thing. And you're frustrated that that's not where all of your creative mind is going towards. Yeah. Like I I don't consider myself to be a writer. Um, and I think right now in this moment I can say that I don't want to be a writer. Yeah. But there have been a lot of times in my life where that has been an aspiration of mine. Mm-hmm. And I very distinctly remember, I think it was mm, four years ago, Mm I was feeling very, like, I was was having one of those, like, deeply creative moments where maybe, like, the work that I was doing as an agent wasn't, like, tapping the well or something where I was like, I'm going to write a book. Yeah. And I, like, thought about it and I, you know, I did character sketches and I planned it and I did all of this stuff and then I sat down to write it and then like something happened at work and I like a manuscript came in or something happened or whatever and the realization for me was that I want to spend my kind of artistic you know, gallon jug or whatever on the work that I'm doing. Yeah. And when push comes to shove, I'm going to drop the writing because that's not something that is like number one on my list of things. Right. right? Um, That's actually very lucky that like I can very clearly and easily make that distinction. A lot of people, they don't, that's not an easy question to answer. Yeah. Right. like, like, For you, I don't think it's ever going to be satisfactory or good to say, I'm going to set down my writing for a while.
0: Yeah. No, it's not. I mean, not in a open-ended sense like that. Like, I think one thing I am looking forward to is a few months where I feel less pressure to do it Mm. because something is going – like, and I'm sort of hoping that it's sort of – in this one specific way i mean obviously the first few months of parenthood i'm led to i have no idea i've never been a parent but i'm led to believe they're very exhausting um yeah but in this specific creative way i'm sort of hoping that sort of a recharge happens where it's like okay you're not beating yourself up every day to get you know words or pages or you know notes done doing it
1: will feel like a privilege
0: you yeah you can sort of readjust your relationship with it a little bit all that kind of thing and so I'm, i'm hopeful on that front but like no, I mean it's it's sort of been a process to get to a place where, you know, going on a few months of parental leave and then be and then beyond that being a parent with demands each day, you know, in relation to one's work where that has come to feel very like hopeful and good in a way that I think might expand who I am as like an agent and a writer, mm. you know, as opposed to restrict it. Um, but it's taken time yeah. to get to that headspace. Well, and it
1: turns out that you still can be creative when you have more things on your plate. <laughs> Isn't
0: that the thing, right? Like the other <laughs> the other part of this, you know, that um you know, I feel like I've sort of wrestled with during this period is lots and lots and lots of people who are much more accomplished than me, much more talented than me, whatever um they do all of those things and do you know parenthood and whatever their other obligations are like this is not a this is not a unique like shackle i'm putting on my life you know it turns out that
1: art is out is not outside of your life exactly and it's it's not superfluous
0: right and so like for these that's sort of been the example I've been trying to follow is like you know and this is what everyone was kind of saying to me the other day on the internet which was if this is important to you and it is you'll find a way and I will find a way mm-hmm. and that will be a way that I feel like I'll even be more happy with than I am right now because not only will I be writing but I'll also you know have a child which is something I really want you know and like it's I don't know I think that I've sort of come to a piece. I mean, obviously now when I'm a week into this and I've got like three contract emails in my <laughs> inbox and, you know, I'm trying to figure that out with you and you're demanding that I stay away and I'm like secretly doing things. And No, no, you, know, no like... you don't have
1: to stay away until the baby comes. I'm just like I'm just preparing you for the moment when yeah. I have to finish the contracts.
0: Yeah. yeah. So um, there's a lot of that. I mean, like I was putting together my leave memo the other day and was just like. Every single, like, I was, like, I was kind of going client by client, like, here's where things are at with this person, and each one I was just, like, filled with this, like, like, each working relationship you have is, like, a world unto itself, right, and it's, Mm -hmm. like, it's hard to reduce that into here's the thing to pay attention to as opposed to here's, like, an, like, Every single client I wanted to, like, call you for, like, an hour about and be like, here's what we're doing. Here's what we're thinking about. Here's all the stuff that we've got going on. This might happen. This might happen. But that's just not – you know. I mean, it's difficult to set these things aside. It's for any job, but, like, especially one that you really do kind of care deeply and personally about, um, you know, it can be tough to separate for a minute. But I do think that overall the exercise is going to be really helpful apart from the reason it's happening in the first place being really, like – Good and yeah. uh, you know, joyful. So,
1: yeah, so let's uh, first of all, I'll wish Eric a happy baby that sleeps through the night yes. at three weeks, like yes. I did. Yes. Um, and so, so I want to transition this into kind of the, the announcements or the lay of the land. Yeah, um, print run really only exists as a conversation between. Eric and me based on, you know, thoughts that we're having that come out of, you know, the lives that we're living and the work that we're doing. Obviously, Eric will be on leave because of aforementioned child and lack of sleep um, and a break. And so um, even though we have unofficially taken breaks for from print run before, um, I feel like it is a good time to announce kind of a, a season ending, Yeah, just um, a few going months. going on hiatus while Eric is on leave. Um, there, there are a lot of things that we're planning on doing, or I should say, I'm planning on doing to keep everything going, um, particularly in the Patreon yes. space while Eric is gone. Um, so while we might not have. An episode like this until, you know, 2022. Um, what I don't know, we'll see. We'll we'll see how like much we miss it. Um, and like how much we need to like process things on air. Yeah um, but what we are doing is we are transitioning out of the recorded query show and first pages show, and we're gonna be moving it to a like Word document with track changes, which basically will give everybody the same thing, but will allow um, either, if it's needed, me to do it by myself or for Eric to do it um, in his own time. So we will be posting those on Patreon. Um, There's also a lot of room for me specifically to come in and answer questions and and sort of focus on those writer things that don't require, like... Analysis and, yeah, yeah, and conversation yeah, totally. between the two totally. of us. Um, so, if you are a Patreon member and you might know that, like, during Bookbird Summer, I did a video about like print options and like yeah. taking you through books and whatnot. Um, I can do more of those if you have requests for me. We will be doing written stuff um, a little bit more. If like we just want to use the rest of the year to be like, here's a hyper specific or incredibly general question about publishing. Laura, can you t- talk to me about etiquette for querying a revised book or like something like that? Um, I'm happy to do either video or recording or writing. Um, and so we we want to keep the value add yeah. pretty, pretty high, yep. um, but also account for Eric's tiny child. Um, <laughs> so if you have any suggestions or you're, you're, you want to take advantage to this very brief um, format change, send us an email. We're at printrunpodcast at gmail.com. Don't worry. I am the uh, like tech admin for Print Run, so I will be getting all of these in real time. Uh, it won't be reliant on Eric being gone. Um, I mean,
0: so, yeah. I mean, we're going to keep the value add on Patreon stuff for the next it'll few It'll just look a little bit different. It's going to look, yeah, exactly. But then, you know, then we'll come back in, you know, the new year and i f- I have a feeling that I'm gonna feel really excited to
1: very antsy,
0: you know, get back in the recording seat and getting going on main episodes again. Yeah. like we're not going anywhere, you know what I mean? Like we're just you know, adjusting for a few months to account for life, which is I feel like a major theme of this show Kinda anyway. The point. So, yeah, exactly <laughs> so um,
1: kind of the point. Uh, but if you do desperately want me to like do a 15 minute breakdown of how rwa is like exploding or something like that there's there's room for that i have the recording equipment i'm in the basement like i can handle that um (laughs) so uh again we very much exist as a, a podcast as a patreon as just an overall product as people um in this in this format to 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 support you all and to give you all whatever it is that you need. Yep. Um and so uh if you need something just let us know and we'll handle it. Always. Uh, yeah. Always yeah. reach out. Like it's it's very um it's it'll it'll be yeah, it'll just be a little bit different but it'll be pretty simple for me to do like if We need to to do quick 10-minute guys yes, or whatever. Yes. Um, and so, again, I'm going to leave a lot of that up to the listeners to kind of ask for what they need and what yep. they want. Yep. Um, but we'll figure it out and we'll figure it out. And um, I think I'm sort of envisioning also uh, a series of... Novelty onesies of your baby being posted, on, <laughs> being posted on Patreon. Oh,
0: there will be plenty of content.
1: <sighs> there's Literally. a bunch of novelty onesies I wanted to get the child. Yes, but are only for like three to six months. Yeah, it's no. not like newborn. Right. So like totally. th- the scale is going to be going quite up in yes. terms of like cute Auntie Laura <laughs> like clothing content. There's one. Yeah. There's one one. Let me just give you a sense, yeah, Eric. Because I, yeah, I haven't told you this. There's one. Um, where you can get like it's it's a long sleeve onesie and the sleeves look like little like tattoo sleeves.
0: Oh yeah, that's really good. Yeah, yeah. we'll yeah. love that. There's
1: Perfect. also the one that says I'm a little Swedish meatball. Uh
0: huh. Yeah. Yep. Perfect.
1: Yeah.
0: Although knowing yeah. you,
1: your baby is gonna be super leggy and like really skinny, but
0: we'll see about all that. <laughs> uh- <laughs> I'm hoping
1: he's gonna be like a little football.
0: Yeah. Well, soon enough we will know. Maybe um, even
1: today. Probably you never not, know. I but... check
0: my phone every 10 minutes. We'll see.
1: Um, <laughs> we'll see. Um, anyway, it's kind of a miracle that we were able to record this. Yes. So close to the due date. Yes. Um, but thank you all so much for your flexibility yes, as we really move into this. It. I really appreciate um, it. Please take this as permission to treat your art like a part of your life, not something that happens in spite of it. Yes. Uh, and we, And I think that just because we have, you know a physical reminder of this. Now this will be something that we're hopefully going to be coming back to quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, as this child, like, you know, gets older and stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause that's what they do.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> they <laughs> sure right. do.
1: They sure. They just grow. That's what yes. happens. Um, anyway, thank you all so much. We so appreciate your support. Let us know what you need. We're at print at gmail.com. And we will see you back here in the new year, or we'll see you over on Patreon, or if something deeply, deeply explodes, I might have to get on myself. I don't know. We're gonna see you around. It's gonna be great.
0: Yes. Thank you, everybody.